Before this episode begins, it should be noted by you, the listener, that we had recently discovered the soundboard on Discord. However, our bot does not record the sounds we make with the soundboard. And so we are going to be reacting to sounds that you do not hear. I am sorry. Please bear with us. We now continue our program. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Cody Tuckett. And I'm Mike Templeton. Is that what you <laughs> needed, Mike, was to be yeah. last? Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That worked out perfectly. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, this soundboard's <laughs> going to be a curse. Already. <laughs> <laughs> Should everyone uh, who can use the soundboard use it at least once? You. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we figured it out for Keith yet? Uh, Keith, does it work now? Because I thought no, I made I you a member. Have it. I made I you a member. I well, shut down do Discord and everything. Right, you can well, pretend well, that you have the soundboard. You, know, you have to make the exact same sound each if time. You know so how to get Keith to be able to see the soundboard in Discord? Let us know somewhere on the internet at Ninja Turtle Power Hour, Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter. We granted him permission and everything, and apparently <laughs> it's just not working. And uh, no. so. In solidarity with Keith, so he doesn't feel left out, I'm not going to use mine. Also, because uh, I don't want to drive you insane, listeners. Gotcha. I, a, the soundboard is a like beautiful and useless uh, gesture, and I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to use it, though, when, when it's appropriate. Uh, so, anyway. It's never appropriate. <laughs> Except when it will be. Uh, so, anyway, guys, what are we doing tonight? Tonight, we are covering episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8 of season 9 of the 1987 animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series. It is so weird how fast we are blowing through these two seasons. I know, really. Like, but that is uh, The Showdown, Split Second, Carter the Enforcer, and Doom Quest. The back half of season 9... It, it it's a it's really weird <laughs> like the 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 tonal whiplash i want to i want to say like there's a clear favorite in here for me and i wonder if it's your guys's too um but it's it it it's kind of a weird way to like end the new um status quo for 87 yeah, because like our, this is our first full season with no Shredder uh, and Krang, so it's like, did Drag make the impact that you think a brand new villain for Turtles should? Yes, you know we will we will dig more into that later. I think, <laughs> I think that is something that will be addressed. But I would say, no, for me, uh, it's it's a no for me. Personally, I thought you were going to say, let me tell you a story. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, <laughs> let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. 
It really, Sorry, really on. would have. Go, go ahead, Spencer. Alas. All righty. My episode number five, The Showdown, possibly aired October 14th of 1995, definitely aired in the year 1995 at least. This story was written by David Wise. So, Mikey and Carter are hanging out at Carter's workshop, and so Carter shows him an old exosuit he has uh, that he was working on to make himself stronger. But, you know, now he mutates, so he doesn't really need it anymore. But he also explains to Mikey that it used to freeze when he would use the flying crane technique. But he never worked out the bug because he doesn't need it anymore. After they step out, Jet, a kid who hates Carter because Carter is better than him, starts fighting Carter. Mikey pulls Carter out of the fight because his brothers need their help to stop Dreg's latest scheme. They head out together and shut Dreg's plan down. Just as they finish... Carter is alerted that Jet has broken into his workshop. He takes off to go take care of it, and the turtles follow him just in case. Dreg is fed up with the turtles and needs his troops to be able to battle them, so he decides to kidnap two of them to figure out the nature of their mutation so that he can make the Techno Gang more powerful. He sends a guy called Sleazebug to get them. When Carter and the turtles get to the workshop, they are met by Jet in Carter's old exosuit. Before a brawl can break out, Sleazebug breaks in. He shoots Jet, Carter, Michelangelo, and Leonardo with a teleportation ray that launches them to the other side of the galaxy, then he takes off. This leaves Raff and Don to track down Sleazebug and get his ray to get their friends and the annoying kid Jet back. On the opposite side of the galaxy, Leo, Mike, Carter, and Jet are now caged, forced to fight in a Glatorian arena. Glatorial arena. Sorry, Glatorian was a kind of bionicle. They keep doing well, and Jet is an insufferable jerk. Back on Earth, Raph and Don have tracked down Sleazebug's hideout and enter to find him. The whole thing was a trap. The turtles are captured, and Dreg is able to develop a mutagen that he uses on Sleazebug to make him a giant and strong. Back at the arena, Leo shows a fighter who used to be a guard, Mercy. The ex-guard repays him by showing him the way to the teleporter to get back to Earth. They're all teleported back to Earth, except for Jet, who decided to stay, uh, because he wanted to, and, and he sucks, so I'm not really going to complain about it. And no one in the show really seems to mind either. It's a good thing Leo, Mikey, and Carter all teleported when they did because Raph and Don were in big trouble. They are able to escape from Dreg's lab and blow it up. Dreg won't be able to mutate people anymore, but a giant sleazebug is still out there. The end. I'd buy that story for a dollar, and then read you a Turtlepedia entry for my episode, Split Second which was written by David Wise, the original air date October 21st, 1995, and that sounds accurate to me. The Turtles and Carter are lagging behind on their training due to their constant fights against Dreg, so Leonardo decides to start scheduling their time more strictly. But then they notice that the clocks are reading the wrong time, including digital ones, and it isn't just in the lair. April confirms that all clocks and timers are malfunctioning. The disruptive signal is coming from a device behind a billboard. Leonardo destroys it, causing the time readouts to go back to normal. But then two robots smash the turtles and Carter off the rooftop and bring the billboard down on top of them. 
April informs them that someone broke into an antique timepiece museum using lasers and stun rays. The turtles follow up on this, even though they're not sure what Dreg would want with old clocks. They uncover a coded message that leads them to an old steel mill where they encounter the time-obsessed Kronos, who seems to recognize them even though they don't recall who he is. As they leave, Carter comes across an alarm clock with a pre-recorded message that tips the turtles off about crimes he's planning to commit simultaneously. The turtles set out to prevent those crimes from being committed, even as April starts researching to figure out who Kronos is. Raphael and Michelangelo storm onto a subway train that is being set up to crash, frightening off all the passengers and even the driver. They manage to redirect the other train before it can crash, only to discover that Kronos double-crossed them, and they have just accidentally caused the train to careen down the wrong track. They mutate and burst out of the train's front, barely managing to stop a fatal collision. At the same time, Donatello and Leonardo decide to head off Kronos' robbery of a bank, only to find a thermal device waiting for them in the vault. They mutate suddenly and escape just before the device goes off. While the turtles were distracted, Kronos has made his way to the lair and confronted Splinter. Somehow he knows everything about Splinter's past life and fighting style. As the turtles are heading home, Michelangelo suddenly remembers a past incident at City Hall Clock Tower where they stopped a man named Winston Fripp from stealing a large amount of money. They realize that Fripp is Kronos and that he has deduced where their lair is. When they return, a clock outside their lair gives them a final message. He'll kill Splinter if they don't surrender to him. Kronos sends his robots to trounce the turtles and orders them to throw down their weapons and turtle comms. They are tied up by robots and trapped on the gears of a giant clock tower, even as Kronos plans to use concussion machines to shake the city to pieces on behalf of Dreg. Donatello manages to break free and rescue his brothers, even as Carter rescues Splinter from a failing New Year's ball that was about to crush him. Buildings start disintegrating as the turtles make it to City Hall clock tower, where they deduced Kronos would be. The turtles hypermutate, giving them enough physical power to stop Kronos' high-speed robots and smash his concussive device's controls. They leave him tied up in the clock tower, laughing insanely until Dreg appears. The turtles are disgusted when they see a news report revealing Dreg captured Kronos, causing him to look like the good guy once again. That's all, folks. The end. Interesting stuff. Next up, we have Carter the Enforcer. This is Season 9, Episode 7. Written by the late, great David Wise. Original air date is October 28th, 1995, allegedly. Uh, so, Dreg is building the Star Shield, a spaceship that will protect Earth from hostile aliens. But actually, he's the hostile alien, and he's going to use it to enslave the world. April's able to get a video of Dreg admitting this to high tech, but is discovered and just barely escapes. April and Carter go to a nearby news station to try to get them to air the tape, but they think it might be faked. Meanwhile, Carter is attacked and abducted by the Techno Gang. Leo's a bit worried that they can't contact Carter, but Donatello decides to take over all the city's broadcast channels and air the tape. Just then, Carter shows up, but then he pulls out a ray gun, and also two hippies show up shooting back at him and claiming to be trying to save the Turtles. The Techno Gang comes to back up Carter, and he's able to grab and destroy the tape, showing Drake's confession. Now, these two hippies are Merrick and Landor, and they are from the future, come back to save the turtles from Carter, who they say has always been an agent of Dreg. Carter attacks, and the two future hippies use their time machine to pull the turtles into the future. In the future, Dreg has won, and the Earth is in shambles, and humanity is forced to make him starships. Landor and Merrick are captured and thrown in Dreg's control tower. The turtles give chase and free them, then they find Dreg's lieutenant, Carter, the Enforcer. Carter trashes the turtles, so they make a hasty retreat. Donatello thinks something is amiss with Carter since he was never this strong without mutating. But Landor and Merrick say that Carter has never mutated. 
Carter then shows up, and with the help of their super mutations, they reveal that Carter is a robot by smashing him to pieces. With the Techno Gang bearing down on them, Lando and Merrick send the Turtles back to the past. In the past, Carter is on the Dregnaught and about to be thrown out of the airlock when he escapes and steals one of Dreg's mini ships. He meets up with the Turtles and gives them plans for the Star Shield and helps destroy his robot duplicate. The Turtles use Dreg's mini ship to blow up the Star Shield. April does some research on Landor and Merrick, and the Turtles are able to track them down, though they're still just toddlers in this timeline. The end. That brings us to the last episode of the season, Doom Quest. Original air date, November 4th, 1995. The final episode, written by the late great David Wise. Dreg publicly denounces the Turtles as deviant terrorists to a crowd of listening humans as the techno gang search all over the city for them. As the Turtles listen anxiously, Michelangelo notes that the situation is way out of control. Raphael notes that they are too, and he and Leonardo suddenly mutate again for no particular reason and lumber out into the crowd to take on the techno gang. The humans panic and flee from the frightening reptiles, and the techno gang chase them back into retreating. Back at the lair, Carter chews out Leonardo and Raphael for their actions. Leonardo notes that it felt like something had just come over them when they mutated. Donatello says that it was caused by the unstable mutagen, which is causing them to become less rational and more aggressive when they mutate. Splinter ominously says that they must have that they have to sacrifice a great deal to stop Drag. Back on the Dragnaut, Drag receives the Vortex Crystal, which can warp space and time and allow him to summon his scattered armada. He needs a great deal of power to do this, however, but he knows he can trick the human into giving him what he needs. For the first part of his plan, he gives the crystal to Earth's people, claiming that it will create unlimited clean energy in order to make them plug it into a power plant. Suddenly, a massive ship appears overhead. A large alien named Doomquest appears, claims the Vortex Crystal as his, and traps Dreg's ship into the hangar of his own. The crystal is actually in the hands of Michelangelo, however, who escapes with Leonardo, Carter, and April in the turtle van. Doomquest's Lieutenant Draconis chases after them, knocking the turtle van onto its side and declaring that Doomquest is actually a benevolent ruler who will use the crystal for good. During the fight, he manages to take the crystal and flees. Donatello and Raphael mutate and pursue Draconis. This time, they both start to act more aggressively, not just towards Draconis, but towards each other as well. The presence of the Vortex Crystal suddenly causes them to demutate back to normal. Mute, normal mutants, I guess. The Turtles are much more determined to get it more than ever. As the crystal is energized by Draconis, the dimensional barriers start to rupture. A lightning storm forms over the ship and the strange winged creatures emerge from a dimensional vortex. The entire city is being invaded by monsters from another dimension. April calls from Channel 8, alerting the Turtles and Carter to an attack there. The Turtles set out to stop the extra-dimensional creatures all but Michelangelo mutate again along with Carter. Their increased aggression and diminished intelligence causes them to fight each other. Michelangelo is trapped by an alien spider with no one to help him until Carter arrives. Leonardo demutates and slashes at a fire hydrant, diffusing and scaring off the firebug. The three of them then hold back Donatello and Raphael, who then demutate, lamenting on how they're out of control, and that it's getting worse each and time each every time that they mutate. The next time they mutate, they could tear each other apart, they fear. So they go off to get the crystal back from Doomquest. Meanwhile, the station manager at Channel 8, who is now convinced that the Turtles are heroes, assigns April to cover the story of the century. Back of the ship, Dragon High-Tech attempt to bypass the restraints placed on the Dragonaut. 
Dreg is more determined than ever and even blasts high tech when he says that the restraints can't be bypassed. The Turtles and Carter arrive at DoomQuest's ship just before the turtle van expires and manage to find the crystal relatively with little trouble. Unfortunately, they also find DoomQuest waiting for them and immediately four of the mutants mutate again, Michelangelo having remained normal until this point. DoomQuest proves to be more than a match for all four super mutant turtles and takes full advantage when their mutations cause them to fight each other instead of DoomQuest. Carter manages to grab the crystal and uses it to turn them back to normal, just as DoomQuest is about to release his full fury and blast them all to bits. Unfortunately, the Dragnaut happens to appear at that point, and the only thing that Drag and DoomQuest can agree on is that they both want the crystal. Donatello tries to keep the Dark Realm from overrunning their own dimension, but the turtles find themselves pinned down and unable to escape. Remembering Splinter's words from earlier, Leonardo throws the crystal against the side of DoomQuest's ship, shattering it and sending DoomQuest and all of his monsters back into the Dark Realm. Drag and his followers flee the planet after Drag panics that they too will be pulled into the Dark Realm, and he cuts off high tech before he can tell Drag that the danger is over. April, finally able to broadcast the tape of Drag's nefarious speech, horrifying all the humans who have been blindly following him this whole time, and officially bringing Drag's charade to a close. As they leave, Donatello spots chips of the Crystal on Carter's microsaw, which they might be able to use to stabilize their mutations. What a way to end the season. Yeah, it's it's a way to end it. It's a way to end the uh, the drag arc for sure. Yeah, those crystal chips always just you know clog. I love crystal. I love crystal chips, man. They're so good. Give them a give them a, give them a little dip. They're the mm, crunchiest chips. Delicious. I love it when they get like stuck in your throat because the sharp edges. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so confusing because his name is Doom Quest, but the episode is called Doom Quest. That that did confuse me. A whole I thought Doom Quest yeah. was a thing. That's like that is straight up one of my anchovies. Is that this guy's name is is Doom Quest? Like, well, like what it's kind of, like our old friend Death Watch. Yeah, I, know, I was Death like, Watch I was like, is do I say it? Name? Yeah, is Death Watch a, is a better name than Death Doom Watch Quest. Is a better name than yeah. Doom Quest. Doom like, Quest. like it, 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 it's a quest. Like, like quest shouldn't be anyone's name. But ever. he yeah. is the Doom Quest. quest. Mm-hmm. Johnny uh, well, let's not jump ahead. Let's second time around this. Hey, uh, nice junk. Second time around the showdown. Uh, um, our guest character for this episode, Jet McCabe, great name, by the way, uh, is played by Robbie Rist. Who played, wow, really? Michael An- who played Michelangelo in the uh, live action trilogy. So that's what they decided to use him on, huh? I know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is hmm. kind of weird, but I mean, yeah. Brian Tochi got to be like a really, really good guy, but Robbie Rist, not so much. I, like I realize Jet. Robbie Rist, his voice, like you even would. among the other the other movie folks, like his voice, like I can't de Mikeyify it at all. Yeah, just... Robbie Rist and Brian Tochi were also the only two that were in all three movies, and now they've both been in the animated series as well. Isn't that cool? That is like, really cool. yeah. Those those two those two really love the Ninja Turtles. Uh, we also got Sleazebug's m- maybe only appearance. And they kind of inferred that he'll appear again, but we'll see in season ten because he definitely didn't come back in season nine. Right? Yeah, like I thought he was gonna come back, and then it's like then we got like new characters. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get into that. 
Yeah. Wait, wait. I just, I just realized. There's a isn't mutant mayhem character Sleaze Bug? Scumbug. 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 Ah, damn it! I was yeah. like, I just built a connection in my brain. Never scratch it. It's over. Yeah, Scumbug was in in the Archie comics. He was like an exterminator, and then. Got mutated or something. Oh, never mind. No, he. Oh, was he in the Archie comics? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. And in the and in the '87 show, he didn't show up in the '87 show. Just out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's me again, Scumbug, the character you've never scumbug. seen before. It's that guy, Scumbug, we've met before. Totally. Night of the Rose. I love it. Night of the Rose. Well, well, I mean, going into Split Second, uh, you know, Chronos, Winston Fripp is kind of the Scumbug situation. Like they had this adventure with him already. They at least like go back and like give you a flashback of well, like yeah, like we at least got a flashback, but it was like before you get to the flashback, you're like, who? I was wondering if it was an actual like real episode. I thought, but no, I was kind of hoping it was Zach. That would have been cool if they would have actually like dug dug back for a real episode. Yeah, like I mean, it would it would have been funny if like in the flashback, like the turtles were like the old pre-red sky versions that yeah. would be that would but, but be new but new footage for this season that's something 2012 definitely would have done what what if he was a member of like the cricket ninja turtle gang you know like, Ooh. yeah, See, yeah, yeah like, like oh know, that would have been that would have like been already cool getting into anchovies now yeah we are <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right so that was all i had for showdown yeah that was all i got too was robbie wrist how about like carter really is like the He's just the jack of all trades. He could, you could get rid of all four turtles, and he would re- literally replace all of them. Yeah, I mean, once I again, we're we're getting into know. anchovies. <laughs> yeah. So, well, right. I mean, it's not an anchovy for me. I don't know sure. if like they were setting Carter up to like have his own show, like kind of having him appear here, kind of like test marketing him, see if kids like him, and then spin spin him off into his own thing. I feel like it's a weird decision to try and like get a spin-off going for a show that's currently failing though, you know. Well, I mean, you're Gone you're kind of just you're you're kind of writing it. Because that's that's the thing is like Turtles was so like not down in the tubes, but it was like, you know, it was it was on Circling it was on its way out. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was that dire, but it's like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't at its peak, so now was kind of the time to like see like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. So they come up with this brand new character in Carter, you know, and if he takes off on his own, it's like if if they can pinpoint that like, hey, we introduced Carter in season nine, and season nine significantly approved over six, seven, and eight, then like, you know, the the you know, Fred Wolf could have been like, Oh, I'm gonna use this character that I created that Kevin and Peter didn't create that I own entirely and I can make my own show based off of that and use this same world that I've already created. Teenage Mutant Ninja Carter. Do you think Carter will also be like Poochie and be like, my, my people need me and just fly <laughs> off? Well, I mean, we talked, we talked about it last week, how he's, he's gonna, he's gonna exit next season and just like, oh. I'm going back to college. Technically the turtles are going to exit next season too. If you think about hey. it. <laughs> Did I right. ever ask you who Poochie is? Poochie's okay. So there's this episode Wait, whoa, of the whoa, Simpsons. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, 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 There's an episode let's, of the let's Simpsons. Establish first that Spencer doesn't know who Poochie is. There's an episode of the Simpsons where Itchy and Scratchy is losing viewership. So to get more viewers, they take the classic route of just introducing a new character who's really hip and really cool, 
and it's voiced by Homer, and it's this dog, Poochie, and he's got like a backward hat and sunglasses and baggy jeans and he skateboards and yeah, it's all the I mean he's like he's he's, he's very the, much Carter. Like he's the yeah. ultimate or, he's the mm-hmm. ultimate focus grouped character. Yeah. And that's and that's the joke is that like you they asked all these kids what they want to see and they all spit out these things and it came up with po- and they came up with Poochie. And they built it up like, oh, like we got this brand new character named Poochie who's coming to the show. And everybody was excited for him. And then he gets on the show and everyone's like, what is that? This is stupid. And it, it's it's that trope in like TV shows when you have a long running TV show and you and you introduce a character. Um, Poochie was making fun of that because like other shows like uh, the Brady Bunch had Cousin Oliver, who Robbie Wrist played. And. <laughs> Dang. Cousin cousin Oliver was added to Brady Bunch because the Brady kids had like gotten so old that there was no young kid anymore. So they added cousin Oliver in an attempt to kind of save the show and it failed miserably. Yeah, season eight, episode 14, Spencer of The Simpsons. If you watch cousin no other Oliver. episode, watch that Sorry. episode. Okay. Cousin Oliver, by the way, looks like a 40 year old man as a child. <laughs> I mean, Robbie, Robbie Riss like has like a very specific look if you look at Cousin Oliver. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's the Poochie meme is is that. And Carter Carter is very much Poochie. Like he's a focus group created character. And so like he doesn't super feel authentic because he's too cool at everything. Mm-hmm. Like Carter Carter's flaws aren't any different than like the turtles' flaws. Yeah. Well, so I, mean, I don't know. We we can get I well, we can talk about it here. That is kind of like the the thing. I don't know. It, I feel like it does happen a lot whenever you add like an extra person to be like a member of the team for the turtles, like like a member of the turtles team, you know. Is that I don't know, there's such like a well-rounded team with the four of them. And and it kind of works and they kind of have it all set up and coalesce together that when you add a fifth person, like it's really hard to find, you know, something like solid for them in the group, you know? Well, I mean, because it's they, also they gotta, weird when there's no buildup and it's just like, instant. they got to, they got to have a gimmick. Cause like, I, th- I mean, as much as people hate it, like I like the, the way Venus was originally introduced in next mutation. Like she was just the fifth turtle and she just washed away. And like, she was raised on literally on the other side of New York. Like, I think that's funny in a way that like works in the mythology. Like it just, it just, it makes sense. Oh yeah. There, there were five pet shop turtles and one of them were just washed away. Like it's, it's feasible that that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then you have Jenica who was built up as a character before she mutated. And I, th- yeah, I, th- I think the two of them do add to the team in a way like Venus, unfortunately had, you know, a terrible show. Um, so nobody liked her. And then Jenica, you know, thankfully had Tom, Sophie and Kevin all working on her to make sure she was a cool character before she mutated and, you know, whether or not you love her now that she's a part of the team, like she's been a part of the team for three, you know, almost four years now. And then yeah. Carter had nobody watching to 
criticize whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, like Carter, <laughs> Carter just kind of there wasn't the the chat forums and everything. You know, there wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but like Venus, Venus originally had that like fish out of water thing because she was so sheltered, and and you know she. You know, the, the the other turtles like kind of made fun of her all the time, but, but and they, they were trying her. to desperately get with her. And they were all trying to yeah, desperately was, date her. <laughs> so like that like, was the worst where they, like, parts of the next mutation are not Venus. It's like everything that everyone does to yeah. Venus, you know. Yeah, like there's parts she where, like, is by far not the worst part of that show. She's getting so, like, for it. Leo's talking to her and he like confirms that they're not related. Yeah, like they yeah. go out of their way to specifically <laughs> say they're not related. Um, because they don't want to have to talk about that. Um <laughs> But then also like in in IDW, like you know, Jenica Jenica's role is the older sister. So it's like that's something that the turtles have never had before. And it's like you I mean like April, yeah, but like April I always think of like as their aunt rather than older sister. Um but anyway, Carter doesn't have that. <laughs> Is what is what all cool. of this is what all of this Carter just comes in. He's cool. He's a hothead, but he's like they try to make him like Wolverine. I think like, well, but he's kinda... also like a, a mechanical genius, and yeah, he's the wisecracking mechanical genius who's good at martial arts and likes to party. Yeah, like, and he also <laughs> wants to be like spiritual with Splinter. He's just yeah. got yeah. it all. Like he, yeah, like yeah. he's he's all four turtles in one in one. So anyway. All right, are we ready for second time around on split second? Yeah. Okay. So Kronos appears. That's that's about all I got. You know, I don't think we're ever going to see him again. <laughs> he he does a very Frank Gorsham kind of kind of laugh too. I think it's a uh, Maurice Lamarche. It's yeah, Maurice Lamarche. Uh, is I think this is the first character that Maurice Lamarche played in the show. You might be right. For those who don't know, Maurice LaMarche is the brain on Pinky and the Brain, uh, as um, well as a ton of other characters. Um, he came back to play Attila and Rasputin uh, frogs in 2012, and he was foot brute in Rise. So hmm. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. I've met Maurice a bunch of times. He is one of the sweetest guys. My friend is dating his son. Hmm. Um... Kronos is basically the clock king from Batman, right? Which Pretty I was going to say, like, the clock king episodes definitely came out by now. So, like, Kronos is well, kind of well, like... Uh, hold it there, because the clock king episode has come out, and it was written by David Wise. Whoa! Yeah. So, this is another... Uh, this might be another instance where David Wise is just reusing his own scripts. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe just a little bit. I've I'm never seen dis- the Clock King episode. I'm kind of dis- pigeonholed with the clocks, though. I mean, I'm kind of just, dis- yeah, like you, you kind of you locked yourself into a gimmick there. Uh, Clock King definitely has the better costume of the two. Um, it's terrible. It's, it's funny because, like, I feel like Kronos is like the way his costume looks, looks like something that, like, Michael Dooney would have drawn in Mirage. Like, it reminds me so much of Renette's costume. I don't know. I don't know. That's a. That's a lot. No, Renette's <laughs> got a terrible costume. Hey, hey. I like her costume. Like, it's at least like on theme, though, because it's clocks and stuff. He's just got random numbers written on them. Yeah. And he and has just, like, you know, he kind of has like. isn't that bad. Like, it, and also that was Kevin it's, Eastman and Peter Laird. It wasn't Michael Dooney. I'm thinking of when she came back and Dooney drew her. Um, yeah. He has yeah, like no. Heat Miser vibes. Oh, didn't Dave Smith draw that on Yeah. Heat Miser. 
Yeah. To me, that's what it is. It's like Tim Burton and David Bowie like got together to design a character kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know? He does kind of look like Danny Elfman. Yeah. Well, while we're talking of he does Tim look Burton. like Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo. <laughs> mm-hmm. That kind of just not, like not Danny Elfman the composer. I'm kidding. Uh, they're the same. They're the. I'm kidding. They're the. They're the. I thought. Same I guy. thought of doing it, but yeah, I'm sure, but I couldn't get to it quick enough. Oh. Man. Like I recognize the reference, and I just couldn't decide how I felt about it. In time, oh, got it. <laughs> no, I, I like Oingo Boingo. I, I do too, but we're not going to get sidetracked talking about Oingo Boingo. <laughs> yeah. Do we have anything <laughs> else? Oingo Boingo Power Hour. <laughs> I do think Kronos is oddly like he's kind of a goofball, but he is also like a very diabolical, threatening villain, which was that was that was kind of refreshing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, because they're they're setting up a bunch of a bunch of villains in. In this, like, like, like I said, like it, it feels like they're setting up a bunch of stuff that like Carter could eventually come back to. That's interesting. That didn't trigger in my mind, but you know, it does. It does make sense. Oh, uh, but that is it for split second. Uh, Carter, the Enforcer. Um, I'm gonna say right now, this was my favorite episode of the four. Um, heavily influenced by the Terminator. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, one, I already love the Terminator movies. So, like, I locked in on everything already. Um, It's it's funny because, like, this is... It's... We've never seen the Turtles... I guess, like, we've seen the Turtles go in the future before, like, back in Once Upon a Time Machine. I can't remember if they ever did that again. Like, I think that we've only had two time travel episodes like this. We had the one where they go in the future control of everything. There was that one where Shredder's in control of everything. Shredderville. Yeah. I don't know if that was time travel. Was that? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember if that was time travel. I thought that was a different dimension. That was a different dimension. It was kind of both. It was like time and space travel. Cause like, cause like nobody knew who the turtles were in Shredderville. Oh yeah, was it like it's a wonderful life kind of thing going yeah. on? Yeah, like wish. Yeah, because remember, like George April, Bailey. April and Irma were like, were like harem girls to Shredder. Yes. No, I do remember that because I remember being like, oh, that was a decision. Yeah, because <laughs> um, like they 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 either go in like the super far past, where like you know like you know all the times that they've when they went to ancient Japan last season, um, and then. In the future, they only went like a couple years in the future where they saw like their old selves. And then this one. You prefer past or future time travel stories? I mean, I like the Terminator stuff. So like I like I said, I locked in on this episode. Like I was paying attention to everything. I was like, this is cool. And like, I mean, I'm going to get into this again in uh, Love Being a Turtle, but like. This this really felt like this could have been an issue of Mirage, like even like like guest era, you know, or like a Rick Veach kind of thing where it's like loosely canon. Where they're like, just like in someone else's comic for a while. No, like like this would have been, been a Mirage. Like a guest, it could have been like a guest era issue, I guess. Yeah. Like this 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 like this felt like it could have fit in Mirage. Like it was it was a like really kind of self-contained story that like really kind of had some depth to it and then like you know, some some cool twists and turns, and then like the way it ends, kind of melancholy, like really gave me Mirage vibes. 
Well, and Carter's already the perfect like guest era character as well. You know, he's the coolest new thing on the block. Yeah, to show how awesome <laughs> he is. Like he would fit right in there with like Lucindra. You know, um, this is not the first time we've seen. Raph hating on humans. Uh, he did the same in the Night of the Rogues. He was asking why yeah. they weren't solving all their own, mm-hmm. own problems. He's those so, feelings have been building and growing. Yeah. All, right. all right, Doom Quest. Uh, like I mentioned, this is the final episode written by David Wise. Uh, what a way to end! Yeah, I I read somewhere that he ghost wrote season ten, but I can't find that again, and I don't know why he would do that you know well you've got a couple weeks until we get to season 10 so we can research it's kind of hard to believe that he wouldn't he would ever stop writing you know yeah i don't know what would have happened at the time maybe i I should probably watch that documentary again maybe they talked about it there or something but uh but this is also the final episode uh where rob paulson voices Raphael. yep he walked away because of contract disputes what a way for him to exit the series like you know it, it it always sucks that like pay always becomes a thing and it's like granted everybody who does who works on the show should be paid absolutely it, so it just it just always sucks to have something like change like that because the people in charge didn't want to pay more yeah, yeah. well, well and he also like they hadn't gotten a raise in the entire time they'd been working on the show yeah, of all the times to like then want the raise when the show's like dying too. That's a I mean, yeah, fair. <laughs> but but also but also at the same time like, you know, enough is enough. Like we don't we don't know how many of these episodes they've recorded all at once and stuff like that. So He's also like he's in a pretty good position cuz isn't Animaniacs starting up too? Yeah. Um like, Animaniacs was I think Animaniacs was like 93, wasn't it? Was it that early? Yep, ninety three, September ninety three. So Animaniac, like, so he's already yeah. on top of the world with Animaniacs and, um, big you know, Pinky, Pinky and the Brain, or okay. I don't think Pinky and the Brain has its own show at this point, but like, you know, it, amongst other things, as he was doing the Sonic the Hedgehog like Sat AM show where he was Antoine, um, God, like he, yeah. he's in a position to walk away. He's in a position to walk away. And it, and it does suck because like that is a, um, yeah, 1995 thinking the brain started too. Um, sorry, lost my train of thought. Cause I was looking, <laughs> I was looking at Paul <laughs> at Rob Paulson's, uh, Got lost in his eyes, his, his well, his, his filmography. I, he's a very handsome man. Let me tell you just the sweetest man too. I've met him a bunch of times. um, but yeah, like he he can walk away from this, and so it, it so it does suck to have such an iconic part of of the franchise for you know over ten years at this point, or uh, almost ten years. Um, you know, leave leave over a contract dispute. Yeah, yeah, and I guess at the time they wouldn't have known necessarily that this was the last season for sure. So. True. Um, I think another thing. Oh, never mind. You got more notes. Yes, I got one more note here. I'm pretty sure this vortex crystal, that like red uh, crystal thing they they have, is the same as the crystal shards that you collect in Shredder's Revenge. Might just be a coincidence, but it's it's strange that they look oh, so similar. And that yeah, might be I like mean, the only the only red sky reference in that whole game. 
Oh, well, Blurry okay. Fog's also a Red Sky reference. Ah, oh, true. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. So we got more than one. That's awesome. Uh, the Vortex Crystal, I don't think it's actually based on anything in, uh, specifically, but it does remind me of the Imkron Crystal from Marvel. Uh, the Imkron Crystal was kind of a nexus of all dimensions. Uh, that that involved the, in Secret Wars? Uh, I don't remember if it was Secret Wars because it, it's like the Shi'ar have it. it the oh, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a like heavy X-Men. It's yeah, a heavy yeah. X-Men thing. Um, I knew it, it rung a bell from somewhere, but I couldn't place it. So, um, so the Mkron Crystal is kind of the nexus of all realities. So like you can travel anywhere in the multiverse with that. So it just kind of, it kind of reminded me of that. So I don't know if David Wise like was channeling his Chris Claremont or if he just watched that episode of the Fox <laughs> X-Men cartoon and I was like, I'm doing that. It's like, I got it. I got the next episode ready. <laughs> Oh, he didn't write that episode too, did he? That'd be crazy. Oh, well, the M- the Mcron crystal comes from Chris Claremont. Yeah, it's, it's so so that thing. that was already predating him ten years. But did David Wise write X Men? But Clock yeah. King also probably originally came from the comic books, right? Well, Clock King, Clock no, King did. Clock King's from the the cartoon. Wait, oh, really? really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I no. thought so. I thought he was. I thought it was one of those original characters. I thought he was one of those Golden Age ones. Like I did too. Age. Yeah, no. Am Clocking, I completely wrong? Yeah, Clocking was in the... Uh, Clocking was in... Do, 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 oh, made his appearance in the as 60s Batman series. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There we go. Silver Age, very Silver Age. Okay. My bad. So, but, 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 but the version in Batman the Animated Series was created for that one. So the Tempest, the Tempest Fugit or Temple Fugit, uh, his name, just a play on the word Tempest Fugit. Um, mm. That version is unique to or, or is original to Batman the Animated Series. Uh, okay. So I'm technically correct. So you're technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. <laughs> right. In the most roundabout <laughs> way. So, All right. Are we ready for some anchovies on this pizza? Let's do yeah. it. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So the showdown. Jet is the most annoying thing ever on the I planet. liked Jet. I'm so glad they left him there. That's the best ending. <laughs> I was disappointed. I thought I, I first heard Chet and I was like, cool, a Chet reference. It would have been cool if it was a yeah. Chet reference. But then I realized it was Jet and so I, I hate him. What is that suit? Like it gives them like giant hands. It looks disgusting. I hate the it. The robo suit thing. Yeah. Also, why does Carter never use this super suit? Because he can just have it in the closet. Yeah, because yeah. he's just like that's his bag of tricks. I don't even know why Carter needs the turtles. Frankly, like yeah, Doesn't he was sense. fine apparently. <laughs> There's also a part in this where Leo just walks through the jail bars. Like, after he's fought, he just walks right back into the cell and, like, phases through the jail bars. Well, don't, the, isn't that how the jail bars work? Like, they're, cause, like, you see, like, the, the villains, like, throw them through the jail bars. So, why are there jail bars? Well, cause they, can, I mean, you know, they were in phase mode. Exactly. They can, they can make the atoms vibrate, you know, so that they go into a different okay. dimension temporarily for you to walk through. And that way, animators don't have to bother to like animate them rising up or lowering you know right <laughs> they, they just forgot to turn it to solid mode right right 
Um, this base that Drag has is under a seesaw in the park. <laughs> and it feels like if you were going to find something hidden, like if only one of the turtles had a super mutation that gave him a cyborg eye that could see through things. But yeah, the cyborg eye is totally wasted this time. Yeah, the, all it, the things it just are makes wasted, him look. Right? It makes him look like a Rick and Morty character. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got to super mutate Morty. We got to. Oh, we got to have a robot eyes. Yeah. <laughs> we, also, we, 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 we got to super mort. We got to super mutate Morty. Yeah. You don't understand Morty. Yeah, we're gonna be big. It's the last two seasons, we're, Morty. We're gonna be big. We're gonna be big. <laughs> I don't know, Rick. Hello, Rick. I got these long claws. I got these long claws. Everything everything hurts. Oh, my my back. I got these points. I don't watch Rick and Morty. That's that's what they sound like. Clearly. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that, 100% spot on. Uh, Also, the freaking just plan of of Dreg or I don't know if it's him or Sleazebug, but like so let me get this straight, right? He's got his teleportation ray. And instead of just blasting two of them straight into the gel cell and having them there to experiment on, he sends them to the other side of the universe, like four of them, then runs off with the gun for two of them to follow him to a trap to get captured and then throws them in a jail cell to take their things. I'm just saying, like, they could have easily cut out the middleman, blast two of them with your gun, you're done. We could cut out all the middlemen if he had a, a revolver. Just blast <laughs> all of them and just be done with it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, like, why why set up the whole elaborate trap when you have a teleportation gun and you can just teleport them directly to the cell that you want them in to then extract a mutagen? It feels it just, funny because, like, it feels, it feels like Dreg is constantly calling other, like, people he knows to come deal with the turtles. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, that, is, that's yeah. another thing. He's good at he he delegates responsibility because he's a good boss. But it's like it doesn't make Drag that much more intimidating. It just he's he's literally just a middleman. Yeah, he's the, he's the new Krang, right? Like he's got uh, he these will powers, he'll pull a gun on days. people. So he will pull a gun on people. So he's got also, that. I'm rescinding this anchovy a little bit, but it was coming true when I was watching this episode and some of the last week's episodes, and even even some of these ones still this week, where it feels like Carter is becoming more and more like the main character, and is starting mm-hmm. to feel like Carter and the Ninja Turtles, uh, yeah. you know, instead of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That goes Which, back to what I was saying, like that it feels like they were setting Carter up yeah. to be a new character like on his own show and we're using the turtles as kind of that as, as that springboard for him. Yeah. Yeah. So again, he's the best guest era character. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. And I feel like that is an issue that not just this series, but other Ninja Turtles, like movies and, and series and stuff can sometimes have as well Is just that like they'll, for some reason, the people writing the story think that what the audience needs is a human character to represent the audience since we're humans. Cause there's no way we could relate yeah. to the, like, the yeah. mutant turtles. Like I'd say that the first of the, the platinum dune movies like 2014 very much feels like April O'Neil and the teenage mutant Ninja turtles more than it feels like a Ninja turtles movie. Well, I mean, right. to be fair, April is always the human POV character. Like, 
I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, no. I don't think we need. I, I agree. I don't think we need human POV or characters we at all. We, frankly, we don't. We don't anymore. Like I think. I don't think we ever think, did. No, we go mean, never need them. No, did we grow out of them? <laughs> like every time, like we, a good example is Transformers. I don't right. need the humans then either. Well, right. no. But I want to see the know. Transformers, right? I mean, we're all there to see the Transformers, but I, I mean, Transformers is always Transformers can identify each other even when they're shape shifted. So the Transformers, <laughs> but, tra- but Transformers has always had the human characters too, like to play off of. Like you've always had Spike Wiki like there and other humans, and it's like you you do need the human POV characters, but they just need to kind of be there ancillary, like um, I mean, and ancillary. These um, stores so like, didn't have them, and it was the best. So checkmate might didn't have them, do they? Well, that's the, the thing. So Beast, one? Which one? The the net there was like a three part Netflix series. I think it was called oh. Siege or something. My friend plays yeah. my friend plays Megatron on that one. Uh it was the War for Cybertron trilogy. And he my friend plays Megatron, I was saying. <laughs> um he in that one, like that, but that's the thing, is like those are that series is modern enough that like everybody knows who the transformers are. Like, you don't really need a human POV for that one. Beast Wars, Beast Wars got lucky and didn't didn't need that. So that turtles, like the, like, the turtles, like but, but, but Beast Wars, Beast Wars didn't really exist in the human world anyway. Like it was, you didn't even know it was Earth until like the end of season one. True. Well, I mean, like, I just see like for the human character, like. What I don't understand, and maybe it's just me, I've just I've just never needed like the human relation, right? Because like I can just you can just relate to any character. Like I don't I don't need them to be a human, and I think no, it kind of no. I I agree. Like you know we we've consumed enough cartoons in our lifetimes that like we you just kind of know how it goes. It's so, like, like issue issue one of Ninja Turtles didn't even have April. Like you didn't have a human POV at all, and that's the one that like really well, took off at the beginning. Well, right, but also it's not that great of an issue. Whoa, <laughs> it is though. It's not. It is great. <laughs> it's, it's, it is great. It's a it great one. It's a great one issue thing. It is. Yeah, it's a great one shot. It's, it's a great one shot. You know, it's go- it's goofy. It's, it's goofy as it's goofy as heck. You know, it's it's fine. But that's the thing. Is like if. And but that's why immediately in the second issue we got our human POV character. We got they we were got like, April, but it wasn't really like a human point of view. Like it, it, even even in the second one, like she just kind of becomes their intermediary with the human world is really what it's more like. Like somewhere for mm-hmm. them to go while Splinter's gone. Because then after that we send the turtles to space. Like after right, two but, issues, April. Well, right, but April, but April, April is still like our contrast to how weird the turtles are. I and like, I... and the turtles' world that they're getting involved in. April's just this normal person, and like Baxter is elevated because he's a because he's the villain. So he's already kind of operating on the different on the on a different level, like kind of the same level that the turtles are, and how weird that is. I don't and April so, is just the I, normal I like person in the middle. But she's I'm like the human POV character. character when I'm reading these stories, so I don't yeah. need other humans. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like she, but she's like a second. Yeah, what do we need Zach or or uh, the Wiki Kid for? Like they had nothing. Yeah. No, you only needed Spike with Wiki. Who's going to hang out with Hot Rod? Any of the other Transformers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what, episode are we, what episode are we putting anchovies on? Uh, we're still on split second, I think. Yeah, we need to move on to split second. Oh, wait, actually, I have one more anchovy for the showdown. 
Uh, jet. It's Jet again because he was so freaking annoying. I just you already had your Jet anchovy. You already had your Jet anchovy. <laughs> I know, but I had to say it twice because he was so annoying. All right, split second. <laughs> I took a. <laughs> I was, I was like. I was so into this mystery of like who this guy was. I was like, it's got to be, I narrowed it down. I'm like, it's got to be Zach because he knows where the layer is. And they never explain how he knows where the layer is, which is a separate anchovy. But then like, it's some guy we've never met before. I'm like, who cares what the mystery was then? Like, I thought it was going to be Jet, honestly. <laughs> I did yeah, too. I, like, I thought it was going to be Jet. Um, that would have that would have actually been like cool. Jet spent like a lot of time in the future, and he gained like future tech, or he just like, like some weird stuff happened. bug, like that would have been like anyone but somebody we've never met before. Like it was such a letdown of of a reveal. Yeah, and again, like how does he know where the layer is? They never. He never explains it. He just he just knows. Well, cause, does he have? Because he has like real time manipulation abilities right like no. tech or otherwise I don't or did i just hallucinate so. that? he's just able to make everyone's clocks not work that's it he's also able to use uh pocket watches as so he, just, hooks. he just drains the batteries on all also, their clocks basically yeah what what is his time arrows like he just pulls out an arrow and shoots an arrow and calls it a time arrow but it's just an arrow yeah. but he can shoot that? three of them at once so right He's three at a time. He three at a time. Yeah. <laughs> time arrow. Yeah, there, there's three at a time arrows. Um, oh, God. Anyway, yeah. His I was design like, is awful, though. a time though. arrow? What makes this a time arrow? Also, Kronos is an overused name. You know, even even though I, like, love Blue Beetle and, like, there's the whole Charlton comic villain that is Kronos, at, at this point in time... Kronos is an overused villain name for a time-related villain. Come up with something more original, like Clock King or something. I don't know. What is it also about, like time villains that like they have to Come be like, covered in clocks and numbers? Like, Come can't they just be like more original, like Clock King, like Clock King, exactly, <laughs> or Calendar yeah, Man? Alliterative, right? Yeah. Like, can't they just be like a regular dude that happens to manipulate time? Do they have to have like goofy numbers and clocks all over them? And Renette gets a pass because Renette is a cool design. But every, Renette might be the only cool time character. I, I actually one. do like Renette's later designs more, but uh, yeah, like I think her 2012 design is is her best one. Oh, I, I really like the way she looks in the IDW comics, like her, like the one that, like Kevin Eastman draws, where she's kind of got like the kind of 80s looking choppy hair, and oh got, yeah, 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 on like her, that one but... cover. Uh huh, like that one cover, but the, just yeah. that look in general, like the, that suit that she has on, that's probably my favorite design for her. Yeah, my my other thing is is that here this whole villain, this whole like episode was happening where they like did the whole thing where they used to say like, oh, it's got to be Shredder behind it, but now it's like it's got to be Dreg, and they mm-hmm. assumed it was Dreg, and then suddenly like it wasn't Dreg, and it was like Kronos for, for like, been... the whole episode, and it's like, yeah. oh wow, like they were wrong, just assuming who it was that's like a cool kind of a cool twist that you know hasn't happened before because they always assume it's one person and then they were always correct too but it's like but you're right like and it's it and cool it if they were wrong that, yeah it sucks that like nothing ever came of that either and then and at the end they were just like oh yeah dreg was behind it all actually he was the one giving him the tech and doing all the stuff yeah. this is dreg and it's like ah, <laughs> you almost had it you're you so almost close. had it yeah, yeah. 
So, like, because I, I remember writing in I Love Being a Turtle, like, it's not, like, they say it's drag and it's not drag as I'm, as I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden it gets to the end and I'm just, like, backspace typing it into anchovy. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's just a funny little animation error where Mikey, I think he's supposed to be, like, walking up behind Leo. And it's supposed to be, like, perspective to make him look <laughs> smaller. But then they accidentally, like, animated him so that he was in front of Leonardo and he just looks super tiny. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be behind him, and it was supposed to be a perspective thing. But he walks in front of him, and he's so he's super small. So this, this is a, this is a super anchovy for uh, all four of these episodes, and kind of the season as a whole. We talked about it last week, but man, the animation in this season sucks. Yeah, yeah. especially Everybody's, April's eyes. April's yeah, eyes April, look horrible. April took the worst down downgrade. It reminds me of like uh, uh, April Foolish. Like it's got to be that same studio, that just like squashes and stretches everyone and just it's like but nobody's like moving weird it's just everybody's just drawn badly yeah yeah it's just kind of generally across the board although i do think like drag like generally like the aliens come off pretty good yeah like like the the techno gang high tech and drag are fine like sleazebug is fine but it's like it's like all the humans are like what what is going on here yeah. Except in Dunes and the Turtles, and but the Super Turtles look kind of okay. Like, yeah, those ones do. Those ones ones actually. I hate the Super Turtles too. Like they're, ugh, they're oh, so really? ugly to look at. But I mean, that's I mean, kind of the point. Like, they're, they're just like they're all like melting. Oh, yeah, but it's like, but they're like they're like blobby, melty. They're not like, I don't know. It doesn't. It that's because their DNA is decomposing. I get it in story, but it's like, that doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't feel like that's communicated in the design. Like it it feels like we're supposed to think that these are cool designs. Yeah. I agree with Mike on this one. They're, they're pretty weak. It feels really bland and plain. Yeah. For the most part for a lot of their designs, they're just really big and blobby. So, uh, Carter, the enforcer, uh, I don't have any anchovies for this episode because this was such a good episode. Um, I mean, like the, the not two, saying it's like, perfect. I just don't have any time travelers. They look like like a like a variety act from a seventies TV show or something. Yeah, I no, was very. I like their future outfits. Up, so I was like, "What the? Who the hell are these hippies?" <laughs> yeah, like a Brady Bunch in the future or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or Lawrence Welk. You know, it's just odd. For me, my only real one is like the same complaint we've had with Carter, but it just felt like he did it a lot in this episode where he's got like all the tech and it's like, what's the point in Donatello? Like Donatello is like the mm-hmm. tech guy and it just feels like Carter is the one that's always pulling out tech and using it now. And it's like never Donatello. Well, don't yeah, you know, Carter don't, does machines. You don't need Carter to like just, I mean, yeah, just have Donatello do it. Carter leads. Carter does machines. Yeah, Carter's, Carter's just like some, and he's a party dude. Carter's always in control. The wise guy is Carter. <laughs> that would be cool. A theme song that's just all Carter. Yeah. There's just like, and they're like, they have, they have like four Carters running around. Yeah. It does feel uh, like of the, of the things they've introduced in this season, like there's like kind of three things, right? The super mutations, Carter and then drag and like Carter and drag. I'm kind of half and half on like, Less on Carter. Like I feel like they could do away with all that. I think the super mutation part is really, really interesting. I'm excited to see how that plays out in the next season. Yeah, but the other two, I'm like, man, they they could have done without. Carter It'd be hilarious if they just if they just immediately drop the super mutations in the next season. Oh god, I hope not. It's it's been really cool. 
Uh, yeah, I'll talk more about it, and I love, but I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, let's get on to Doom Quest. So what, are, what are these designs, man? Like Doom Quest has spikes on his ab muscles. <laughs> also, his name is Doom Quest. I already talked about this, but it's just so misleading for the name of the episode. Like, I'm expecting like there to be some sort of quest that people need to go on. This filled with doom. But instead, the guy's name is Doom Quest. Like, it's it just sounds like the name of like an RPG or something, you know? True. Anyway, I just I just hate his name. That's all there really is to that. Also, what a way to get rid of Dreg. It's just like, oh yeah, this even more powerful guy just shows up and kicks his butt and kicks everyone's butt and then gets sucked back into a portal. And Dreg just runs off, and then April is just able to broadcast footage of him finally uh, saying he wants to take over Earth or destroy it. You know, and it's just like, I don't know, it it just felt, I feel like the episode where they finally get the thing to, like, convince humanity that he's actually evil, like, that should be, like, the entire focus of the episode, and it should, like have stakes of, like, getting the tape to whatever and getting it to play, you know, and broadcasting it and having it be, like, a hard thing to do. But instead, it just kind of feels like it was, like, a B-plot. Just, like, it's tossed in at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very indicative of most David Wise episodes where there's, like, just too many plots. Nothing gets a full, full attention. I feel like there really should have been something where, like, April finally gets, like, the film of him saying something, and they, like, try and capture her, and they've got to, like, pass the tape on to someone else. Someone else is fighting them off and keeping, you know, the techno gang back while they get it to the the station. You know, I don't know. There, there's just a whole lot. You, you could have made it a whole episode that would have you been more of... I, I wanted a season finale, you know? I wanted yeah. something... Like this, yeah, like, this does not feel like a season finale. Yeah, it's just like, boom, random super powerful guy shows up. And, you know, they nearly are able to, like, get rid of their mutations. And they at least get the thing that's maybe going to help them figure out how to get rid of them. But even then, that leaves at the end of the season, too. So it's like... It's, it's just it's yeah. just disappointing all around. Was yeah, season finale back then for cartoons? Because as a kid, I sure I was sure not aware of seasons or any kind of difference. Yeah, I like, was, like back in the day, they would just be like new episodes, you know. Yeah, it, like it wasn't really like a season. I ever realizing like, oh, this is a this is it a specific. Set. But if you're gonna change the status quo, whether it was like seasons or not, like if you're gonna change the status quo that you've established for the past few episodes, and like you know, make it so that humanity sees the dreg isn't evil anymore, which is what they've been trying to do for the past seven episodes before this. That should be the focus of your episode. That should be the focus of the story. You yeah. should make it a big deal. And so, like, it just it just puts a cap on the first arc with Dragon. It's just like it just it goes out with a fart. Yeah. And they did kind of chump out Drag because it's like there's this cooler, more extreme guy who's yeah, yeah. Because like Drag is supposed to be like this scary warlord, and it's like he's just kind of. Eh. Oh, I do appreciate he's just the ant bully, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I guess I should save it, but I I appreciate the camp to drag that kind of gets introduced more and more. Well, if that's something you like, should we move on to our next segment? 
I yeah. think we should. Or do I hate the crystal dust? Crystal dust is stupid. Oh, I love being a turtle. Episode five, the showdown. I got my gladiator episode. I got I got people oh, fighting yeah. in a gladiator arena. It took nine seasons, but here we are. I got it. <laughs> I am all about the turtles in the space gladiator arena. It just feels so right. It does. It absolutely does. I am a fan. I like I kind of got excited. I was like, are we going to get costumes or um, we didn't, but it was but it was still fun. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. It, like there's a lot of weird synergy going on. I don't know if you folks have read the la- the Lost Years issue, but if you're into Gladiator one, I have not, but I have seen people just Here's spoil there. because nothing is holy anymore or sacred. Uh, people spoil the the O3 references that are in it. The 2003 series. Well, don't spoil them for me, please. I won't. Just <laughs> just you. don't get on Reddit, because like I said, nothing's sacred anymore, apparently. Don't get on Reddit? What am I supposed to do at work? Yeah. Um, I, I really like that Jet stays back. I like that he's like, you know what? I'm just a dick. I enjoy <laughs> violence. I'm yeah, going to stay same. here. You that know, was like, fun. He's like, no, I like it here. It reminded me of like, like Leatherhead in the Archie series where he's like, you know, I, I don't have a place on Earth, but like this is really cool and I want to pursue this. Like a lot of characters don't do that. They always get lured back to their old lifestyle. So Yeah, like it it really felt like like Jet didn't grow really as a character, but he was just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. I like this place better. And it's yeah. like it's it's nice to see a character do that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, well, I don't know. I guess his parents probably don't miss him either, so Bye, buddy. I do think the Mikey voice, it, it works really well when you take it to an unhinged direction. Yeah. 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 Robbie Gross did a good job. Yeah. There's also a, just a good, I don't know, in my opinion, like it's more character development and interaction than we normally get between the turtles in this series. But there's like a whole scene where Raph is writing off Dawn's overthinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's. You know, it's kind of a moment that really actually gives some depth to them for the first time in the series. <laughs> that was uh, that was another one I had for all of these episodes, re- really the whole season. Like the the general tone of the way the turtles talk to each other. Um, we talked about it in the last season how it felt really weird to have these lines kind of coming out of Cam Clark's like, "Let's get them, guys!" Like his Leo voice. Mm-hmm. But this season, like the writing felt a lot more consistent and like actual conversations like yeah, i don't think the writing i don't think the writing was bad at all this season yeah as far as like the actual like dialogue and stuff goes yeah i mean it's it, still a goofy ninja turtle show but yeah but yeah the like the the actual like conversations between the turtles and and everybody they're talking to like it's not bad stuff mm-hmm yeah, this no, I, this I really like last couple of seasons have been much more palatable than like most of season four. <laughs> yeah, know? the continuity yeah. really does like put in a lot of work. Yeah. It, yeah. Even just like we've talked before, like the attention span where you're like, oh, I don't have to like try to like keep like 40 different wacky plots together in my head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, we're ready for. Sorry, go ahead, Spence. I was about to say we're ready to move on to split second. <laughs> Oh, cool. I think we can this all is, the is, drag watches are cool. The drag the watches? Drag watches. Yeah. The collectible watches. 
it's weird because he's so clearly evil. Like, I know you're not supposed to judge a book by a cover, but, like, books are often printed with other people's judgment of the book on the cover. So I used to pick <laughs> books based solely on the cover, and I, I ended up with a lot of good ones. There you go. Uh, I felt like this is the first episode where Carter was maybe actually useful because Kronos didn't know about him, which I thought was kind True. of cool. Yeah, like, so cool we can, twist. like, slip in under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, my thing is that I actually, I don't know, Kronos definitely needs some heavy reworking, but I do, he they, they've never had a villain archetype like this ever before, and maybe it's because normally they're not, like, focused on crime fighting like they are on this, in this series, but they, they get it their own Joker with this, really. Yeah, like, I, know? like, he was constantly, like, tormenting them and, like, haunting them. That was really, like, it was one of the only times a villain has felt, like, truly menacing. Yeah, but they also created him, uh, you know, by, like, yeah. tying him up and leaving him in a clock tower, you know, and making him go insane. So, like, in a way, they kind of have, like, their own Joker in this story, and it is kind of interesting. Like, having having a villain that is kind of their fault that they maybe have to feel like kind of responsible for. I guess that's kind of what happens with city at war with getting involved with the stopping the, mm -hmm. the foot, but still, uh, it's not something you see very often uh, for them. And so it is kind of unique that way. One thing I've been wondering though, and I, I've been wondering it more broadly, why do the turtles stop bank robberies and why does anyone stop bank robberies? If you think about it. Yeah, they're all insured. Yeah, that's some that's some real. That's so what it was like. Suckers. If you didn't, if you didn't do it, then everyone would do it. You know. Yeah. We could we could handle a, a certain capacity of bank robberies, but not every other day, right? Yeah. I just love that, like the turtles, who I think we could well establish are thieves with everything they get because they can't they can't get a job and buy things, right? I love the idea of them like stopping this like nerdy guy who otherwise would have totally gotten away with it and had a nice life. But you know, they're just foiling him and then he goes like he gets a, in my eyes a rightful vendetta against the turtle. Yeah. Well, you know they took that money or just using it for pizzas with crazy towns. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And not tipping the delivery drivers, so <laughs> right. <laughs> I also liked the bits of April investigating in this series. Like, they made it actually, like, hard for her. You know, she's like, oh, without a face and, and a name, this is going to be really hard. And so she's, yeah. like, busy all night, like, looking for this information. And granted, the turtles end up figuring it out anyway at the same time as her, so it didn't make that big of a difference. <laughs> but still, I don't know, I liked it. I liked how she it showed that it some real reporting. Yeah, I liked how it showed that it was like hard and difficult for her, but she was able to do it because she's good at her job, kind of thing. Yeah, I think uh, she has worked really well outside of Channel Six, which surprises me. Yeah, like I they... like this arc for April, like her being kind of her own investigative reporter, doing her own thing on her own, where she doesn't have to answer to Burn, and she's using yeah, she's like her own sent on like jackass assignments to like. Yeah, like she specifically, <laughs> she specifically says that like. You know, I have some old news contacts and, you know, we find out that there's a Channel 8. Yeah. You know? well, it's also like, she stopped being like, what a story! Every time the turtles, like, stand up, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. so. she, she actually has some depth as a character now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, my other thing is, is I actually liked the train trap. Where he sets it up that, like, you know, these trains are going to collide at this time. Yeah. I've set was, it up. That was cool. And then 
you know, so the turtles then go to stop it and they hit the switch and he's just like, I didn't do anything with the switches. You just made it so you're going to collide with that other train now. Uh, you know, you guys <laughs> like, you fulfilled got it him. Yeah. So it's like a clever little trick and trap. I don't know. I, there was something about it that just hit me different, you know, hit, hit a little different than, than the normal things in here. A little subversion, a little, uh, you know, you played into my hand kind of thing. He activated mm. his trap card. Uh, it was, it was fun. Yeah. I did like in the subway when they're like, the, everything's going down and the, the people are running. There's a lady and I just heard it so clearly. She, she's like screams and she's like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> It was just—it felt like somebody played like a sound clip almost. All right, Carter the Enforcer. Uh, what an episode! I really like this episode. Yeah, this was—I wasn't kidding. This was my favorite of the three or of the four. Like, it this just fired on all cylinders for me. I did like Raph's insult. Um, that they're rate a ding dongs. <laughs> I use I use ding dongs as a insult on the regular, so it's just funny to hear that. Your real rate a ding dongs. That was that was hilarious. Yeah, I and I like the whole overarching I mean I just I like the whole overarching theme of the story of Raphael being like, you know, oh what are we standing up for these humans for? And then mm-hmm. they, they meet these children, well these people, and then they see them as children and they realize that like these people that helped them from the future, like and they, they get to see these kids, you know, playing at a park, and it's just like we're fighting for them to protect their future and to 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 save them. Like that's one of my favorite arcs in Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, is like Kyle Reese, who was in the first movie, who's John Connor's father, like he died in that movie, but in the show, his brother Derek comes back to the past and like his and like goes and takes uh john because john had never met his dad um he takes john to like the park where he remembered like before judgment day he remembered that him and kyle were at and so it's like you get to so john connor got to meet uh kyle and Derek reese like while they were kids at this park and like they didn't know and it's like this was that that reminded me so much of that and i was like it, it that was one of my favorite episodes and so this was it just hit all the feels for me What's good too, because there's a little like there's a mystery to it too. Like it, it really does seem like Carter has been a bad guy the entire time to the turtles. And yeah, I was to, hoping like, that would be a real twist where he was. Yeah, but, but even like the way they the way they solve it, they're like, wait, he's never mutated. There's something up with that, you know, because that's his whole shtick. Yeah, part like, of that's his whole a, shtick at least, right? Yeah. Like that's a cool way for them to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And did they did they kill Landor and Merrick? at the end of the future part? Because, like, the Techno Gang was bearing down on them, and they just kind of held hands. Like, did they Yeah, I took it, die? like, you know, like, you know, we're going to die now, but if you... I mean, and they say, like, if you prevent this from happening, it's all going to be cool. Yeah, that's quite... quite a growth Dark. from the Turtles tripping on parking meter change. You know? <laughs> I mean, the show's come a long way. Yeah, like I said, like, this episode fired on all cylinders like it was really good all right are we ready for the good stuff with doom quest yeah doom quest so i like this... quest designs oh really i think it was fun like i think he's okay. he looks kind of cool i mean the yeah. character's goofy and it's brought in, <laughs> in a goofy way but 
I dig it. I I like the fact that their like mutation is escalating and becoming something they have to deal with. Because before it's kind of like, well, you know, it has its benefits. It's not the worst thing. But now that it's like causing like regression and issues for them, and they really need to like take care of it and get rid of it, kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much every time before it was kind of like all benefit, but now they're like, oh my god, we gotta we gotta stop doing this. Especially yeah. as they start like battling each other out. That was cool. Yeah. It really has kind of like it. It's the opposite. It's the problem I've had with like Power Rangers or like uh, Shazam. It's like, why aren't you always just your super powerful form? It's like we've seen all these downsides to it. Like they're slower, they're clumsy, they can't use their <laughs> weapons. Now they're getting stupider. Like it's cool that like there's such a benefit, but they've seen so many downsides to it. It's not, uh, they can't predict when they're going to change or change back either. Or they keep losing it like when they need it most. See, like, yeah, okay. that, that's so, why I think this is like the coolest part of this whole season is them like mutating more because it's it's been such a dramatic part of this, this season, you know? So like, I think it would have been cooler if the turtles, like if they had first mutated and the designs like weren't so gross. And then eventually, as the season grosser. went on, as the season went on, they became the gross versions that I don't like. And it's like, then that would have shown that progression of like, oh, something's really messed up with these guys. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's not a bad point. Yeah, I get what you mean. One last thing. I, I really love the sacrifice they make at the end with the crystal. Like, knowing that they... Oh, have finally yeah. found something that will cure them and they're like well there's bigger stakes at hand you know or the the greater good yeah, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. the greater good good stuff i've enjoyed this season quite a bit yeah, it's been fun. oh all right so yeah so four and you know mostly good episodes one really great episode um season nine's done we're on to the final season Woohoo! It's a little bit more fanfare. <laughs> would have been. Would have been I, cool. I am excited. I, uh, I actually am genuinely yay. excited. To be finishing up this. Yeah. Series. I mean, you got, got like... a real uh, going on here. <laughs> I'm just uh, impressed with ourselves that we've stuck with it and are like almost done with it. You know? Yeah. 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 You know what? Like it's it feels really good because like there was a couple times where I wanted to tap out. Not gonna lie. Not that I wanted to quit the show or anything, but it was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, we got to put yeah. this off for a week. It is um, remarkable you've gone so long. You all deserve some. Oh, thank you. Oh, hey, thank you. Thank you. It's very bucket list for me. I'm glad I'm on this show because it's really forced me to to face that bucket list and not just like. You know, s- same. Like, I've said it. Yeah. I've said it before. Like, I would not like I've ne- I had never read volume two or three before this show. I never read more than the first you know couple issues of mirage before this show so you know spencer thank you so much for putting keith and i and now cody on this journey where and all of our listeners if you guys have been listening the entire time you know it's been really cool to have this now and like say that oh yeah like i you know dude say i watched the 87 show Soon we're going to be able to say we watched the entire 87 show. Yeah. And we can we watched, recall it. We watched more than the first season and uh, Case of the Killer Pizzas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And and we're making a good case for the Red Sky seasons, which a lot of people, you know, knock on because, you know, it it's the cool thing to do is hate the Red Sky. Yeah, I can't I can't 
if anybody like seriously says that like they prefer most of the other seasons over Red Sky, I I couldn't take them seriously. I mean, all its flaws aside, mm-hmm. it's it's a clear in terms of like the experience of watching a show. And interesting, like when you talk about like you know the show gives you purpose to watch and it elevates it. Red Sky has been the easiest watch, even along with that, just because it it does. Yeah, totally. Together so well, and there is a clear plan for the Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Like, this has been such a smooth watch. I got, I guess I, I have given David Wise so much crap and so much criticism over the, the run of this show, but like, he has really dialed it in recently. I have mad respect for that man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is season nine. Keith, take us into the news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. It's a pretty late news week uh, this week. Not not a ton, um, but we definitely got a couple things to talk about. First of all, uh, on uh, at the beginning of the week, we got news that... Uh, you're, uh, you gotta stop it. No! <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, thank you. Encore. So we got, uh, earlier this week, we got the drop of all of the individual character posters for the revealed characters so far uh, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Uh, So it's our first high-res looks at a lot of characters in new poses other than the ones that we've seen in other places. So... Um, we got to see, I think Rocksteady looks the coolest that he's ever looked. Uh, we got to see, we got to see Wingnut for the first time. Uh, we got to see, uh, you know, just close-ups of everybody. We got Mondo Gecko. We got Mondo Gecko. Uh, this was also accompanied with the the cool, we saw him too. Yeah, I was gonna say, this is the first time we've seen Baxter and Cynthia Utram. Mm -hmm. Um, we also got to see a brand new, uh, behind the scenes video, which was really cool. Um, which comes up a lot in like my ads on like TikTok and stuff. So you'll probably, you've probably already seen it at this point, but we got to hear like Paul Rudd as, um, as Mondo. We got to hear Ray Filet for the first time, um, played by Post Malone. So those are really cool. Um, and Rose Burns Leatherhead. And Rose Burns Leatherhead. So that was the first time we got to hear that. Uh, so those ones are out there. Uh, if you followed us on Twitter, we uh, were able to find that or we posted that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures comics, but the old Archie books are getting an omnibus uh, coming uh, from IDW published by Penguin Random House. Uh, it since we posted that it's been pushed to 2025. So it looks Ooh. like it got listed a little early. Oof. Uh, but uh, I don't think you can pre-order it just yet. Uh, but according to what we've seen, it's going to be uh, a lot of the issues for the Archie run, uh, minus the issues 32 through 37, which has some uh, possibly offensive content in there. Uh, so those aren't going to be reprinted. Oh, I'm also I think curious. They even took the listing down, by the way, Penguin did. Oh, did they? Oh. Yeah, I just tried to Google Probably because it, it was can. so early. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to include the Mutanimals 2 series, because that wasn't in the trade paperbacks, like the second Mutanimals series, as well as a few of the other side books. Yeah. 
Yeah, lately they're more comprehensive. Like the the Mirage Omnibus has had like a more comprehensive inclusion than like the Ultimate Collection stuff. So I would expect it. You mean the compendiums? Yeah, the compendiums. But I think it reads better when it's more like the Ultimate Collection. They could throw in a few of the other things that were like in House Mirage stories, like the the few other issues that were. Yeah. But I think yeah, I kind of I kind of go back and forth. I think if I'm buying like a big book, just slap everything in there and. I think that's where I land. Like, if I'm already spending, like, for this giant paper brick, like, yeah, do more. Yeah, same. Uh, and then, uh, last up, uh, for me, we've got uh, Pizza Hut is doing the natural thing and having a collab with the Mutant uh, Mayhem, you know, rollout. So, you can order. They brought back the big New Yorker pizza, which is a New York-style pizza at Pizza Hut. Uh, where you can order that. Uh, there's a special Ninja Turtles box that you that that pizza that only the big New Yorker pizza will come in. Um, I got that for dinner tonight. I did not get my box because my store apparently has not received those boxes just yet. But if you go to PizzaHut.com, you can see that the collab has already started. So check your local Pizza Huts. There is a shirt too, but I don't know if that's a shirt just for the people that work there or if it's like a shirt that you can get, but I'm definitely trying to snag one of those. Would you save the pizza box though? Cause I are like, what if the pizza box is like greasy? It depends. Like, I guess just the top maybe. I don't. Yeah. Like I, like if the box was in like pretty good condition, I would at least save the top. Like if it wasn't like grease stained already. You could also like just go there and ask them if you can just, but buy I could a also box. just ask for a box too. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I I usually paper stuff like that. If I'm not going to get it framed, I don't really save. So I just want the, the experience. On the comic book side of things, I wasn't able to announce uh, the comic books that came out last week when you're listening, when listeners are listening to this episode uh, because of our special new segment we had. So on June 28th, where, when Usagi Ojimbo Ninja Turtles number four came out, uh, the last Ronin number four also came out as the Lost Years number four, and uh, Saturday Morning Adventures number two has come out. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I've been bad at it. I, I haven't been posting my, you know, in comic book shops uh, Wednesday posts. So I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of slacked off on that the past couple weeks. Uh, I will start bring putting that again so that we every Wednesday you can look at our pages and see what issues are coming out. Well, you can be ready on July 5th to let everyone know that Armageddon game number 8 will be out, and that will conclude the Armageddon game event. And then I can finally go read issue 140. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could read it now. Honestly. I know I can read it now, because it's, it's sitting, it, it, it's sitting it really, next to me. No, but it doesn't really spoil anything, I know, honestly. I know. Kind of a weird issue in terms of that, but... Also, I, think, true, I don't know if it's then, new. And then the true ending to Armageddon game, Street Fighter versus Turtles. Yeah. True. Is the can, can the Saturday morning adventures comic? I saw uh, Sarah, I think, talking about like the collected version of the first set. So it just got is announced. Uh, it just got announced that uh, Saturday morning adventures volume one is getting collected in its own tra- trade paperback. So you can go uh, ask your local comic book store to order that for you, and they'll have it ready for you. Yeah, I picked up the best variant of issue two of that series over the weekend. It's by Jim Lawson, and they're all on their like, uh, they're like sports action gear, like 
skateboards and uh, rollerblades and stuff. It's amazing. Is Leo on a scooter? Is Leo on a scooter? I think one of them is on a scooter. I'll I'll (laughs) I'll send you guys a a picture. It's it's pretty pretty choice. Yes. Uh, If you have been following everything, uh, the Teenage Mutant Turtles Mutant Mayhem toy line has officially hit stores. so you can head down. Uh, Target seems to be the one that has most of them. Walmart, uh, I've seen some reports that theirs is going out uh, in July. But right now you can order. Well, uh, I've well, seen, people have posted pics where their stuff is in store, so it could just be a free for all. It, it, it yeah, it, it depends. Like, so check your local WalMarts, but definitely Target has them. They have the end cap. It replaced the into the Spider Verse one or across the Spider Verse uh, end cap. Uh, and you can also order them on Amazon. I've picked up the four turtles and the pizza fire wagon or pizza fire van. So I am pretty set. I think they're stellar. Also for you, um, for the retro playmates lovers, uh, Walmart has an exclusive um, costume party pack where you get, they switched it. So they made, um, you get a uh, cowboy Leo, you get the uh, space raft, you get Spock Don and then Mikey. Science officer, science oh, Spock. Mm, he's can't Spock say it's me. not. It can't. Well, you can't say Spock. <laughs> um, and then but, the Beach Coleman Mike. But Walmart has that as an exclusive pack, and people have been snatching that up too. So, yeah, I I was gonna get it because uh, I don't I don't want to dive into the variants too much. But um, See, to me, to me, the to- the toy line is all about the variants. That's the gold. It it depends. I I. If I wind up like really loving the movie, I'll probably hunt them down. But I'm glad I got the first wave so far because they are a ton of fun. Like they are, and for these 10 are bucks. these are, yeah, for ten bucks each, and then the Pizza Fire van's forty bucks. But it's, I mean, it's huge. It fits like six inch figures. So I was really surprised at that part. Uh, but yeah, so that is it for the news. Cody, no, we have, have more. We have more. We have yeah. more. If you like, um, you know, best action loyal subjects, they've announced more SDC stuff and Playmates too. So Playmates, they're doing like a, and Playmates is the hardest stuff to get from SDC. I've never seen them like sell it outside of it, but there's like the Mutant Mayhem, the four turtles with like better paint and cooler, like a special like foam display package with like the foam insert and has cool like artwork, graffiti artwork on it. Yeah. So if you've, ever seen playmates at San Diego comic-con uh, they don't have their own booth they usually sell through the nick booth but ever since the 2012 cartoon every new ninja turtles show or like design for the turtles had their own special versions just at those shows with like extra paint apps and a really fancy box with uh like foam lining at it so it was like 2012 was divided between like comic-con and uh toy fair i think in new york rise uh was at san diego and then the next year they had like the shredder armor i don't think the movie turtles ever got them uh or the the michael bay movies uh but these ones were returning back to that kind of format where these are going to be sold uh typically only at the nickelodeon booth yeah, and then later you gotta on actually the- you actually gotta <laughs> actually go to Comic Con in order to get these. But yeah, and Best Action is doing uh, black and white versions of the IDW turtles. They have the colored bandanas still, though. 
You can get Raph with a gold motorcycle, which is pretty snazzy, and he has like red wrappings. There's a glow-in-the-dark super shredder, which looks super cool, and I think it's a jumbo like 8-inch figure from what I've been seeing. And then Toka and Razor arcade versions. See, that's really that's really cool. Um, I saw that super shredder, and it's like it's. I I'm more excited for uh, loyal subjects to and to go really deep into that arcade line. Yeah, they, like if, if, their arcade figures look. They've done a really good job on them. Toka yeah. and Razor look awesome too. They really like, do. Like the the arcade one and the regular one. Uh, I mean, I have the NECA ones, and these one looks pretty pretty choice. Yeah. So yeah, so that is it for this week. Thank you again for another, listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Let us know somewhere on the internet what you think of the show. Is Cody doing a good job? Should we keep him around for season <laughs> ten? You know, let us know. Um, but thank you again for listening. Uh, Ninja Turtle Power Hour on uh, Facebook, Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter and Instagram. Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week. We're going back into the comic books, baby. Taking a small uh, break yeah. from 87. Uh, so we're going to be covering issue 139 of the ongoing series and Armageddon game number seven and number eight. Not necessarily in that order. Okay. I don't know what order. It's It's been so long since we've read the comics. I don't even know yes, where it is. Goes Armageddon game number seven, then 139. And then I'm going to forget. I'm gonna, unless, unless Keith puts it in the chat, I'm going to forget. So, yeah. <laughs> So, Cody, thank you again for uh, doing these two seasons with us. It's been super fun. We'll see what the fans say. And if you return for season There's enough fan outcry either direction. It'd be like an episode of Survivor. You're staying on the (laughs) island. Yeah, exactly. We'll see if you get to stay stay in the sewer. I'm down. I like it. All right, guys. That's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Hot soup. Cowabunga. NECA just announced dinosaurs figures. Yes. They showed them last year at Comic Con, so now they're yeah, officially okay. up in New York. Dinosaurs and they're as just... in like as in the not the mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Jim Henson Muppets. What was the dad's there. name? Sinclair. Oh, Earl Earl Probably. Sinclair. Earl Sinclair. I, I was thinking of dinosaur in the singular, like the Disney like 3D animated movie that I used no, to love. Definitely, no, it's not definitely not Aladar, raised by monkeys. Aladar. I kind of hope. Have you ever looked in the background of uh, dinosaurs? There's a poster that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Cavemen. It's like <laughs> it's like exactly like a Ninja Turtles poster, like same poses and everything, but it's cavemen instead of turtles. Pretty funny. Yeah, that is cool. That's funny. Yeah, that was a pretty uh, good show. All right, are we ready to get the show started? Yeah, yeah we, we can. can. I think we could dick around for another half hour. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. It's only after nine already. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not that late. I, 
It's not I like I'm a kid to... or work or anything. So yeah. <laughs> I do uh... need to complain. Don't you hate it when you have a song stuck in your head and it's just like a few, but you only know like a few words to the song. And so then like, it's just that on loop in your head. Which oh, song yeah. is it? Yeah. Maybe we can help more of it get stuck. Uh, I mean, well, it's Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. It's been like stuck on my head all day long. I well, listened to it. I did everything. And it's like the same few lines just stuck in my head over and over again because I don't know any other lines to this song. If, if you wouldn't mind, uh, sing a few bars for us, Spencer. I can send you this uh, AI TikTok that I found that, I, I, mm-hmm. uh, that has Elvis singing Baby Got Back. Baby you know, we're, got back. Yeah. I, I don't think I need that, actually. It's uh, super fantastic. <laughs> it's all croony and soft. Oh, it's... Uh, Hang on, I'm gonna see if I can pull it up. It's... See, like, like that's okay Keith and everything. Dying. Keith is like, <laughs> yeah. Do you see the? Do you see the picture of Splinter I've chosen for my avatar? <laughs> that's like the most accurate thing I've ever found in my whole life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> these kids. <laughs> anyway, sometimes we... I'll get. Sometimes I'll get a uh, sugar. We're going down by Fallout Boy stuck in my head. Uh-huh. Oh, I think I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. It's so good. That is good. I, I've heard one where it's like SpongeBob singing, uh, oh, which it's a Linkin Park song. I think it's Numb, yeah. And then, no, it's not Numb. Sort of one's the rap verse because then Peter Griffin mm. comes in for the rap verses. Anyway, <laughs> but it's uh, AI, so it sounds a little too perfect, you know. Like yeah, you I know. I know the song you're talking about, actors. but I can't name it. Uh, does anybody else have the Meet and Mayhem figures yet? I do. Nope. Besides me and Cody, what was that? I, I don't. I said besides me and Cody. <laughs> I, I only just barely got the Michelangelo mummy action figure, so you mm. know it, it takes me a second. <laughs> well, the good I news is to... that these are hitting stores right now, so yeah. allegedly, I have to hobble back and forth in between getting something or not, and then eventually just being like, "Yeah, you get it for me for my birthday." You know, <laughs> I... the Playmates yeah, figures—they right. are super neat for sure. Yeah, I I like them. Uh, I'm definitely putting them on my Toy of the Year list. My my top ten. Yeah, I really think Playmates fun. doesn't get enough credit for what they do for ten dollars. Oh, definitely. Know. Yeah, like these are for ten dollar action figures. These are fun. Yeah, these are extremely still. And there's and I'll, I'll say this over and over. There's just no other company that would put such a popular property, let alone like a movie property, and do figures like this for for 10 bucks it just yeah, like, would never happen star wars like in hasbro like they have the 3.75 scale so these are those are shorter than than these turtles figures and those are like 10 bucks more expensive but back in 2003 bionicles were only seven bucks you know that's all i'm saying <laughs> Can you adjust for, let's hold on let's adjust for inflation on that seven dollars eventually they were like 10 by the time i was 10 yeah in in today's currency, that's eleven forty-eight, Spencer. Eleven dollars, jeez Louise. I think it's cool that people are taking like the black marker and doing like the kind of the NECA tune style on them. They look really good yeah. with just like a yeah. little bit of detail on them. Yeah. I sent you my pictures of that, right, Keith? 
You said what? Didn't I send you? Didn't I send the pictures that I edited of that in the group? I don't think so. I don't know if they were they're your pictures or if you did send them, I might have taken them to be someone else's. I, I posted them in Party Wagon. Yeah. Oh, those were yours. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember my brain's rotted, but yeah, um, you've definitely inspired me to track down some Gundam markers. But I was looking on Amazon and they had like a lot of reviews. Yeah, that they were you were all, even like, you were even you even commented up. on it. <laughs> oh well, because like the weird you thing is like, like you were like good job, Mike. Maybe there was two posts and I was conflating them because um, I definitely remember you saying it and there was like someone else posted it and it was like a front from Reddit, I think. Yeah, well, someone yeah, posted the Reddit, a picture Reddit? at the bottom of the pizza that is like uh, mutant oh, mayhem it's like, pizza. Like it's shell like a, it was like a turtle shell. Yeah. Have you guys seen the the like promotional like icy stuff that's also supposed to be in some of the theaters? Like I green just, apple though. Yeah, green, just what's, what's this? What's this turtles and green apple flavor? What is this? It's just green, green and green, you know? They could go more conventional and go with lime. Lime. Though. Lime exists. Lime is the superior flavor. See, yeah, like, lime, doesn't come out, lime doesn't come out that green. It's food coloring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... I like Why lime. are you living under the tyranny of green apple? <laughs> I like lime more when I'm drinking something, but I like green apple more if I'm eating something. Yeah, Try like the lime, cereal. Try the like cereal sour, and tell me that. So lime. what is an icy? Do you drink an icy or do you eat, eat an icy? Because it's he a semi-solid. He chooses an icy. He's the kind of guy who chooses an icy. Yeah. <laughs> like a real man. <laughs> I like All one right, thing I like, I like about the new every designs. Time. I, I'm sorry. I, I got to just get this out at some point. But one thing I like about the new designs of this movie is that Raph is such a brawler that even his belt has like a band-aid across it. Yeah, I love that. Oh my god! A quick patch. Yeah, I think the figures are stellar. Um, even one of my favorites is actually even Rocksteady, which is getting like the most hate for his design. And I think I don't know. I, I love it. I skipped them, uh, but that's usually because I try not to go too deep into into the toy lines. Um, I have to really like it. So. I mean, I understand that, though, with Playmates, since they're 10 bucks each, I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, comparatively, you can get the whole line for what you would spend on just, like, you know, far-less figures. If if I wind up, like, really loving them in the movie, then, yeah, like, I'll I'll track them down, but... That's a yes. Mike, let's let's document this moment, and then Mm -hmm. remember later when Mike comes back and he's telling us how he's tracking them all down. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit it. And then if that happens, you have to give us all a hundred dollars. Well, what what you have to do now is you have to buy the lamest figure that nobody wants. Because that's gonna be the one that's gonna be worth a whole lot of money in the future. True. True. Isn't like know. the only way to get April through that like six pack or something? Yeah, right now. At the moment. Yeah. Though I'm I'm sure they'll they'll put out a single, they'll do like a second wave and people are gonna yeah. double dip. Anywho, we should really get oh, recording. Yeah, let's go on. <laughs> For Keith's sake. Yeah, sorry, Keith. Eh, eh, it's okay. I don't sleep anyway. I feel that. 